Welcome to your Fitness Chick Podcast. Become your best self. I'm a fitness coach spreading positivity to navigate you to fitness, growth, and transformation. Hey, I'm your host, Abby Smiley Krause. I am a fitness enthusiast, a huge dog lover, especially to my babies, Gigi and Layla. And I am so passionate about this amazing thing that we call life. In this podcast, I'll be covering topics to improve your fitness, mindset, and well-being. Topics such as longevity, meal prepping, overcoming mindset obstacles, nutrition, and of course, everyone's favorite, weight loss. I'm here to help inspire, uplift, educate, and motivate you to become your best self. Join me here every Tuesday for a fresh episode. Welcome to the Your Fitness Chick Podcast. I am Abby Smiley Krause, your host, and I'm so excited to be here today for another episode. We're always here to inspire, uplift, educate, and motivate you, and today is no different. So I have a really exciting guest with me today, JJ Malvarez, which I'm going to introduce in just a second. But I wanted to have him on the show um, because, you know, Obesity has become a global epidemic, and although him and I kind of do the same thing in the regard that we're both trying to help people become more fit, to become more healthy, to lose weight if that's necessary, but, you know, one of my friends was like, why would you have somebody on your show that could be like a competition for you? And I said, <laughs> because he's not a competition, we're, we're, although we're both trying to do the same thing, we have a different method. And since my mission truly is, just as I'm sure JJ's is too, is to help as many people as we can, I know that one method may work great for somebody and another method might not work for somebody. So with over 7 billion people on this planet and with over 30% of them obese, there's plenty of... Uh, business out there for all of us right absolutely so yep. again yep. um we just really want to help and uh change people's lives as much as we can so that's why i'm like man you know what let's hit it from all angles so mm -hmm. jj is an intermittent fasting and keto coach is that a correct title to call you correct correct yeah, yeah? Okay. I, I all right i i, I practice both Okay, perfect. And do you now first let's before we dive into that, let's go into and have you tell us a little bit about yourself. Like how long have you been doing this? What's your background? What made you decide to start doing this? Uh, I've been doing the uh, keto and fasting coach for uh, almost six years now. Uh, I've been in the wellness uh, business for over 25 years. But if you go back to the origins of why I'm doing this, I started at 14 when I first bought my first set of Joe Weider dumbbells and barbells that I put in my bedroom. Old uh, school. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I go way back. I used to uh, uh, read the uh, uh, comics and I used to see the Atlas 
advertisement with the big guy in the beach showing his body and the girls all, all over him. And to me, that was very inspiring. And uh, I also had a really bad relationship with food. I was always the chubby kid. Uh, I was always the chubby guy until I turned 40 and that, that stopped right there. But it was meant to be because I needed to improve my relationship with food. And, and that's where I started really, really uh, dealing with this. Uh, I became a personal trainer in 2001. And from there on, I developed into what I am today. Wow. Okay. So you've been at this a long time. So now. Yeah, it's been my this. passion. And that's incredible. I'm sure your clients can attest that you show that clearly. So let me ask you this. So you said you were a chubby kid and you had a challenging relationship with food. And you were like that until you were about 40. May I ask how old you are now? 55. Okay. So um, for about 15 years, you've really been focused on doing this change. Was there a point when you turned 40? Was there a situation in your life or was, what was the, what was the turning point for you to decide, you know what, enough is enough. It's time to change. That's a great question because everybody always wonders what was it? And it is, is the simplest answer and is the answer that I think most people don't dare to say and it was pure vanity. I do believe vanity is this, uh, trust me, I, I tell this to my clients, vanity is the strongest force that you can use as long as you use it the right way. If you don't let vanity get to your head, it's a very powerful force. It's like a, a Star Wars force. Uh, you can have the, the Jedi force and you can have the dark force. It works the same way. and. It's funny because everybody says, well, I want to be healthy. And it's like, uh, yeah, everybody does. Everybody wants to be healthy. But that doesn't work. You have to find what really motivates you. And I, I, I would say 97% of people that start a healthy journey, their main thing is vanity. They want to look good. They want to they wanna feel good, obviously. But I think working on looking good translating to feeling good and being healthy and that's how it, it falls and to me it's always been that way and so three months after i turned 40 i said okay i'm done this is it i am no longer going to be a chubby guy i've got to find a way and so 15 years ago i did it the always uh, or, or what i consider the always which was you know lots of workout lots of cardio eating right in, 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 in the, the situation. And um, I did it. I did. Uh, obviously, I avoided alcohol. Not that I was a big drinker, but I avoided completely. And I rewarded myself by saying, okay, if I achieve this goal by my 40th birthday, uh, I'm going to buy new clothes, which, again, is vanity. And so those three months were key onto, onto that. And that's what, what really turned me into uh, achieving a better relationship with food, uh, although it was very, very, very the beginning of it, but that's where I I started. Ever since then, I have kept my weight, although I'm better off today. I'm much more leaner, more muscular than I was 15 years ago, but still, I, I got to the point where I was wearing 
30 size pants or 32 size pants much more comfortable than being on 36 tight 230 pounds okay i used to be 230 pounds right now i'm 175 i used to be 28 percent body fat now i am around 11 and 12 so wow big difference pretty significant difference there and yeah vanity definitely you know when i competed back in you know, 09, 15 years ago or so, vanity was definitely my, 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 uh, motivator. Now that I'm a little bit older, I can say health is, is definitely up there too, because obviously your body changes a lot from the time that you're 35 to the time you're almost 50. Oh, yeah. So you appreciate good health, but there is a reason why also they call it the divorce diet and stuff and the breakup diet, right? Because whenever, whenever I am on Facebook, I have a bunch of friends and I can see people getting into really good shape. I'm like, "Mm -hmm." it's that sweet revenge. It's that vanity point. So yeah, that can be the motivating factor. So people just got to find what it is and go with that. Yeah. Let me bring a quick point onto that because I had a wonderful experience of working for over seven years with the elder. And I'm talking about people from 70 and above, 70, 80, and 90s. And what surprised me the most about these people is that, yes, they wanted to be healthy. But believe it or not, even them wanted the vanity part. You do not lose that. The humans do not lose that thing about looking good every time you go. I mean, you have to be proud of yourself, okay? You, You always... You always try to be your best. And even at that age, I was so surprised that all these people were still caring about what others will say about how they look and everything. So, again, it's a very powerful thing. And I think we never lose it. Like I said, we just have to stop from getting up in our heads and becoming the most important thing. Right. Because you look good, you feel good. It builds confidence. And if you have confidence, you carry that into every avenue of your life. You got it. So um, let's let's peel it down a little bit. And, you know, for somebody who obviously intermittent fasting and keto in the last, I would say, probably three to five years have become pretty buzzworthy. I mean, you can't read a magazine. You can't see a commercial. You can't hear a Facebook feed or somebody talking about either trying this, being on this, thinking about this. So for our listeners, I would really love it if you could, for lack of a nicer phrase, dumb it down. Like, let's peel it down to the basics. So first, let's start with keto. Okay. So what does a keto look like and uh, what what are the advantages, disadvantages, etc.? Uh, it's, it, that's good because uh, unfortunately people are making uh, out of keto such a complicated thing that it, it, it does nothing to do with it. Uh, I explain keto as a uh, adopting a way of eating where you always pick a, a protein, a source of protein. And the best way I describe always a protein is whatever moves or has a pair of eyes, that's a source of protein. Okay, Chicken, <laughs> beef, fish. Uh, I mean, insects, but... But no Jeffrey Dahmer's. We're not talking about people. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Uh, And a source of vegetable, okay? And if you want to be a little more technical, you're talking about anything that grows above ground, excluding fruits, cereals, nuts, and uh, uh, flowers. So nothing that grows underground, 
and nothing that grows above ground that includes uh, fruits, cereals, nuts, and, and flowers. So we're talking about your cruciferous, your, your cabbages, your Brussels sprouts, broccoli, uh, uh, um, uh, cauliflower. Yeah, you can do tomatoes. You could do uh, uh, all these vegetables that we know that usually are in a salad. Okay, those are a very low calorie, high in fiber uh, vegetable. So when it comes to keto, that's all it is. You do not complicate your life with adding anything else or, be, or, or making extensive complicated uh, uh, recipes because there is no need for it. In fact, one of the secrets of keto is the simplification of food because not only it becomes easier, but also you gain time back. You stop the idea of becoming a slave of food, not only from the standpoint that you have to go to the groceries, you have to carry, buy everything, carry everything, bring it home, cleaning. It's, it's too much stuff. Believe me, I, I used to be a, a, a lover of cooking, a lover of recipe, a lover of making all kinds of different dishes. And there is no better feeling than taking all that weight off your shoulders and making food so simple that it takes very little time in order to prepare it and eat it. Plus, you save a ton of money by not buying crap. So focus on a piece of protein, good vegetables, and forget about anything that is keto-friendly, comes in a box, comes in a bag, it's a liquid. Anything that says keto-friendly is not keto-friendly, period. Okay. So like whole foods, produce, meat department, that kind of thing. That's it. So You're done. So keto, I know quite a bit about, but again, just kind of keeping it broken down to more simpler terms. So it sounds like it's a carbohydrate restricted diet, nutrition. It's a low intake, carb, yes. right? Low carb diet. Low carb. So what is the cap? Like what is the amount that keeps somebody in ketogenesis? Like what is the breaking point? Like what carbohydrate number should they stay in? Yeah, uh, good. Uh, obviously, uh, everybody's different, but in, in general, what is what is said is that as long as you stay under 50 grams of good carbohydrates, you should stay on ke- in, in keto, uh, ketosis. Uh, if you want to extreme, if you want to go, uh, uh, you know, really deep into it, uh, we talk about 30 grams, under 30 grams of, of carbohydrates a day. So 30 to 50 grams of carbs a day. So mm-hmm. from a bodybuilder standpoint, my question is, keto is not for everybody, right? So if somebody's looking to build muscle, like if they're looking for lean muscle gains, that's going to be pretty hard to accomplish if you're on a keto diet, right? <laughs> this goes really deep, okay? Uh, and we could spend a couple hours give talking about it. Give me the surface it. of it. Okay. All right. Okay, so give me the surface of it. The, the idea is that the natural state of the human body is to live in ketosis. Ketosis is, is okay. supposed to be the natural way of being. Why? Because if we go back to, you know, a, a million years ago, uh, we go farther back than that, but let's just go a million years ago. We did not have the access, the, the, the accessibility of carbohydrates as we have today. We lived in a world 
where we were pretty much eating proteins of all kinds. The access for carbohydrates was pretty much null. It didn't exist. So genetically, we're pretty supposed to live in, in a state of fasting, which puts you in a state of ketosis regularly. Okay, I've been living in a state of ketosis for over four years now, and I'm perfectly fine. My numbers are fine. I feel fine. Nothing is wrong with me. Okay, I do believe that is the natural state. So that said, um, uh, it's 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 been proven. It's been shown that you can get all the energy you want. You can get all the production of muscle you want being in ketosis. Now. Let, let's make a pause there and, and compare things because I do respect the world of bodybuilding immensely. In my opinion, the bodybuilding world has always been at the vanguard of nutrition. Nobody knows more about how to produce a muscular body than bodybuilders. <laughs> That's obvious, okay? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that there's other ways to do it, which is where I come from. Now, when it comes to whether you need carbohydrates or not, that's also uh, uh, the, 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 from the point of view would be that, okay, if you eat a carbohydrate now and you go and burn it right away, you shouldn't have any problem. The, the biggest consumer of carbohydrates or sugar, because any carbohydrate you eat turns into sugar in your body, okay? Any. It doesn't matter where it comes from. It turns into sugar. The largest uh, 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 consumer of sugar in your body is muscles. So obviously, the more muscle you have, the more you will utilize the sugar that you consume, and it doesn't turn into fat. Because sugar that is not consumed turns into fat, period. That's that's pure chemistry, okay? And so uh, for, for people to say, oh, we need carbohydrates to stay alive, no, that's not true. There is no essential carbohydrates in the world. Your body doesn't demand one gram of carbohydrates to be intaken in order to stay alive and thrive, okay? But if you have a big demand, as a bodybuilder does, uh, yeah, they become very useful. Because remember, every time you eat carbohydrates, you spike your insulin. Insulin is a highly metabolic hormone. It's a store hormone. It's a hormone that provides energy to be either used or stored. So if you are trying to produce more muscle and you're demanding a lot of energy from your body, it makes sense that you eat a lot of carbohydrates in order to fuel that. But you better use it because otherwise it sticks to you in the wrong place. So can you be a bodybuilder in ketosis? Yes, you can. Does it work either way? It seems like it does. The all method has been loading up on carbohydrates. Hey, if it works, it works. Why change it? But don't don't think that it's the only way. I do believe right. a bodybuilder can be very much in ketosis and still be muscle. And remember, well, I don't know if, if everybody knows this, but for example, after 48 hours of fasting, your human growth hormone spikes five times. This is research. This is not me saying this. You can look it up, okay? After 48 hours of fasting, your human growth hormone spikes five times. What is it that every bodybuilder wants? More human growth hormone, right? So right. if you fast for 48 hours and you work out in 48 hours, you are using 
all that human growth hormone, okay? So there is so many protocols that could be provided yeah. and used around That's that. like a whole nother I episode. I use it that way. Oh, uh, huge, huge, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's and, a lot of going And we might need on. to do that because I love talking Absolutely. about growth hormone. So mm-hmm. since most people that are listening to this are probably not bodybuilders, but they are trying to lose weight, let's go back to that. So let's go yeah. back to the fact that if somebody was on ketosis, or I'm sorry, on a keto diet, okay, yeah. and let's say they had a weekend binge, <laughs> let's say they were doing really good Monday through Friday, they kept that carbohydrate slow, they were able to get into keto mode, then they blew it on the weekend, because I think this is probably what a lot of people do. Yeah. What yeah, happens then? Yeah. What what happens at that point? They have to start over, right? And then how long till they can get their body back in keto? And what are the disadvantages of going back and forth like that, creating that frenzy in your body of confusion? Um, yeah, uh, good question. Let, let's go ahead and start uh, uh, defining a couple of things. There is one thing which is being in ketosis, and the other thing is being keto adapted. Ketosis happens okay. after 12 to 14 hours of not consuming any food or zero carbohydrates. Once you mm-hmm. deplete the amount of glucose in your body, never to zero because your body produces its own glucose, okay? Your body knows how mm-hmm. to balance that. But if you don't consume any carbohydrates for 14 hours or you don't eat anything for 14 hours, you enter ketosis. Your body starts burning fat as a secondary byproduct is ketones, and ketones are used in the brain and all the body in order to produce energy, okay? And so if you're new and you are, oh, so then becoming keto adapted takes anywhere from four to six weeks. What does it mean? It means that all the machinery in your body, mainly your mitochondria, switch from depending on glucose to becoming more ketone uh, friendly, okay? And so now being keto adapted means that about 75% of your energy is coming from ketones, mainly fat. That's where it comes from. And so if you become keto adapted, it's also called, it's also said that you become, uh, you have a, a flexible metabolism, which means if you are keto adapted, and once in a while you throw a wrench, meaning a potato or a cake or something that is not keto, uh, your body's going to be able to just, you know, process it and forget about it and stay in ketosis. If you're not keto adapted yet and you keep throwing a wrench into the system, then it's going to take you longer to become keto adapted. Okay. And so okay. you could, you know, just go back and forth, back and forth, but it, it's, 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 your body's going to go like, hey, define yourself. What is it that you want? You want me to become keto adapter or you want me to be this back and forth? So if, you, if your goal is to lose weight and burn mostly fat in order to lose that weight, then I recommend you stay uh, in ketosis for as long as possible and, and at least six weeks in order to become keto adapted without screwing it up. Uh, out of 10 people, seven will screw up, okay? It happens. But... Now you know how far you have to go and keep going until you, you become keto adapted. Makes sense. That's really good. So that makes sense then. Let's go ahead and since we're moving in time here, 
Um, it makes sense then why you're a keto and an intermittent fasting coach because they Absolutely. really do go together. So now that we know a yes. little bit about keto, tell me a little bit about, and again, simplification to a listener yeah. that really is new to intermittent fasting. Tell me what that yeah. means and what that looks like for you. Yeah, intermittent fasting is is uh, diminishing the frequency of food, pretty much. Uh, I, I can say uh, I stop eating uh, or uh, um, intermittent fasting or intermittent eating. You want to call it either way, it's the same thing. And so what happens is that we come from a society or we have been taught, I used to teach this, that you're supposed to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snacks in between. Okay. Well, guess what? Humans are not meant for that. Humans are meant to be in a state of fasting more often than in a state of eating. And the mm -hmm. proof of that is that when you fast, there are many, many processes in your body that are elevated, which produce many good things. One of them uh, called autophagy. I don't know if you've ever heard of autophagy. Autophagy is basically the way of your body to rejuvenate. Autophagy happens all the time, but it's elevated 10 times when you stop eating. And what it is, is that your body goes around, starts finding proteins that are not in good shape anymore, takes it down, disassemble them, takes what's good, throws away what's bad, and assembles new protein. It's a rejuvenation part of the fasting. It's what your body does in order to recycle all bad proteins and throw them body into good ones. So that right there is significant because when you hear body uh, people saying that their body feels better, their skin feels better, the skin is being absorbed. You know, when you're too fat, your skin, your skin stretches out. When you fast, all that starts coming back because of autophagy. That's, that's part of the process. Also, as I mentioned before, your human growth hormone goes up. 48%, okay? So you have, among others, many other processes in your body that become very significant and makes you think about, well, if fasting wasn't bad, why is my body doing so many good things while doing it, okay? And so right. the explanation that they give, and I think it, it makes a lot of sense, is back when we used to be hunters, uh, like any hunter in the wild, any animal, they don't eat every day. A lion, I think a lion has to attempt to hunt something five times in order to get one, five to one ratio, okay? We are not different. And so they spend more time without food than with food. And so all these processes that occur when you're fasting is to keep your body in top shape so you are still the good hunter that you can be. Uh, when you're in ketosis, a lot of people say, oh, I'm so full of energy. I'm so awake. I can think. I Yes, that's your body pumping you with all this good hormone so you can go and hunt something and eat. Your body's in favor of you uh, staying in good shape so you can actually be the hunter you become. So from that standpoint is where you see the benefits of, of fasting and the ketogenic diet. And like you said before, I'm glad you mentioned that, they, they, they complement each other extremely well. I started as only fasting coach. And then as an evolution, I, I went into, okay, you cannot be fasting all the time. So when you eat how and what you should eat, that will complement. 
and ke- the ketogenic diet is the way to go. And if so, you want to make it the best. Gotcha. Okay. Go ahead. So if, if, if somebody was new to fasting, and there's a lot of different types of fasting, like I know of people oh, yeah. who do 10-day t- fasts. I know people who once a month will do a three-day fast. But the reality is we all fast every day whether we know it or not and that's when we're sleeping right correct so um with that being said if i was your client okay let's say let's let's take your average client okay which is maybe someone who wants to lose 15 20 pounds plus and i wanted or more yeah um and i wanted to start fasting what is which is also called restricted eating like when yeah what does that window look like from the time i get up to the time i go to bed when am i eating like what window do you like to recommend you know it, it's funny because i i have what i call my free clients that when they start with me they jump head first and they go for the longest time that I feel comfortable teaching them. I teach people to know how to fast for five days in a row. I teach it. I don't force it. I allow you to choose whether that's what you want to do or short. So you got the free clients that jump into it. And from the beginning, they do five days of fasting, one day of eating, five days of fasting. Okay. I call those my free clients. But I also have the other clients that are, they think that if they go without food for three hours, they're going to die. So I have to grab it by the hand and walk in little by little and say, no, you're okay. You're going to be fine. So you, you have that spectrum, right? Now, in yeah. average, most people end up doing what's called a 3131, three days of fasting, one day of eating, three days of fasting, one day of eating. No one has to start that way either. I have to know how you feel and how you do. And of course, you know, I got to go through all the medications and things like that, okay? But let's say that you don't have any medication. Let's say that you just want to practice fasting. Well, the easiest way to do is always skip breakfast. Uh, Nine out of 10 people will say, I don't wake up hungry. I don't feel like eating until later, uh, or I don't have Mm -hmm. time. That is natural. Back in the wild, we didn't wake up and have a deer waiting for us to eat it. We have to get up and go get it, right? Sure. So your body yeah. wakes up in a, in a hype, in a hype that is telling, hey, get up, make sure that everything is fine, safe, and then go get something. And here's okay. the energy, which is called the dawn effect, which is where your sugars are going high. You, everything is going mm-hmm. high, so you wake up and you go, okay? And so some people, most people say, oh, yeah, I get hungry about 11, uh, about 12. Okay, so obviously breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. That, that's a gimmick. Mm-hmm. That's a marketing campaign. It's not true. Naturally, humans do not wake up hungry unless you have some kind of health problems. So skipping breakfast is obviously one of the easiest way to go. And so what happens is that if you eat last meal of the day, uh, around six, Let, let's say seven, most people do seven, okay? And you don't eat from seven until 12 next day. You're talking about a good, what, 18 hours? 
That is good. That is actually very helpful. But I call that a maintenance protocol. At the beginning, first week, week and a half, if somebody that is new does this, they're going to see a good uh, uh, progress. They're going to see results. But it's, they're going to get stuck. And I get a lot of people coming to me saying, I've been doing 18.6 for, for some, so long, and I'm stuck. I'm not getting anywhere. That's because that's actually more a maintenance protocol than a good weight loss drug. So my philosophy is the more you fast and the more often you fast, the sooner you get to your goal. Okay? Now, why do I want the frequency to be as short as, uh, as long as possible and, and the eating the least possible? Because I'm working on insulin resistance. Anybody that is 15, 20, 30 pounds above, they are most likely insulin resistant. And that's my number one right. goal. I want, to, I want you to heal from insulin resistant. So every time you eat, you don't store you actually burn. As a person that is insulin resistant, you are in storage mode all the time. And so you're not gonna burn anything on you. You're pretty much gonna burn what you eat and that's it. Obviously, you're not gonna lose weight that way. And so ideally, I want to keep insulin levels as low as possible, which your body knows where that is. You don't have to worry about that, okay? And then continue that for as long as possible. And here's another reason why fasting and keto are so good to each other because if I if I fast I'm gonna lower my insulin levels to the max. If I eat the ketogenic diet, my my insulin is not gonna spike because fat and protein do not spike insulin, only carbohydrates do. Okay. And mm-hmm. so I'm keeping those levels steady all the time as low as possible. Your body starts healing from insulin resistance. You start seeing the drop in weight incredibly fast. My clients are seeing Female clients see anywhere from three to five pounds a week of weight, which sounds like, oh, that's too much. That's what it is. That's what your body's doing. And and guys are seeing anywhere from five to eight pounds a week. So this is your body just getting rid of weight that doesn't need. And so it, it, it is very beneficial and it works very well. So that's where you want to be as you progress into your window of fasting. As a coach, I'm going to motivate you. I'm going to push you. I'm going to help you to make sure that you increase the time. But again, it will always be uh, uh, the person's choice and how they feel comfortable. The least you so, fast, the longer it's gonna take you. The right. uh, uh, more you fast, the, the sooner you'll get there. And this is such a complex subject and you know, so that we don't go into five yes. days, cause we could, we could easily with this. Cause yes. I have so many things yeah. going on yeah. in my, my mind right now. So for an Part average two. client then, yeah, right, exactly. We'll have to do it. Um, but for an average client that was just starting, they could start doing like eating from noon to seven fast until mm-hmm. noon the next day. So as we're going to be coming to a close on this here real soon, just to keep it simple, my question is this. So if I'm only eating from noon until seven, how does someone get in all the nutrients that they need? Like all of their protein, all of their nutrients, because we, we want to go for as much nutrient dense foods as we can. How do they do that? 
Because I know your body can only absorb, like, so much protein at a time and, you know, stuff like that. So how do they get the amount of food? Do they just eat two or three big-ass meals, or what do they do? Uh, two, uh, good thing you bring this up because uh, this uh, the, the quick answer here is that I, I do not support one meal a day for that specific reason because I don't think in one meal you're capable of putting every – first of all, it's too much food. And second of all, your body's not going to be able to absorb it as it should. Okay, so I do believe that way. I practice that way. And I don't support that way of eating. But two meals a day, it's plenty. You have plenty of chance to eat everything you need in, in two meals. Uh, I am a 25, 2800 calories a day, and I got plenty of food to go on that way. But you so also you do, have wait, to wait, 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 wait. So you do twenty eight hundred calories, and you only eat two meals. So each of your meals Correct. is like fourteen hundred calories. Yep. What? Wait. Okay. So what? so yeah yeah I'm blowing your <laughs> Tell mind. Tell me I what know. one meal so, looks like. What what does one well, of your meals look like? What is it? This is where you're going to blow, and this is where a lot of people don't see it, but. 60 to 70 percent of my calories are from fat animal fat okay oh okay and, and so, just for our remember so we can recap real quick one protein gram is four calories one carbohydrate gram is four calories but a gram of fat is nine calories so obviously correct. that's what's going to pack your calories really quickly Okay. Correct. Correct. And so right. my protein is a good amount of protein. Usually I've, I'm eating about one to two pounds. of. Well, actually, let me make a, a really uh, a quick uh, declaration here. I have evolved from keto to carnivore. I'm actually a carnivore these days. I eat. I, I never had an affin uh, affinity for vegetables. I don't care about vegetables. I don't need them. I'm fine without it. But I'm not taking away from the ketogenic diet, and I teach the ketogenic diet. If eventually you're like me, that you evolve to a carnivore, I'll help you with that. But I, I'm not against anybody that wants to do good vegetables, okay? So in my case, I'm eating anywhere from two to two and a half pounds of beef, beef mostly beef. I also have eggs, some cheese, uh, bacon, things like that. So I'm, I'm eating very, very fatty. Okay, and I know people go like, whoa, but you heart attack. You're going to be dying soon. Uh, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Not with 11% body fat. Is that what you said your body fat is, is 11%? Exactly. You okay. eat, you burn what you eat. Think about that. You burn okay. what you eat. If I'm eating a lot of fat, my body's going to uh, burn a lot of fat. It's not going to keep it. If you eat a lot of carbs and you move, like me, and you, you're going to burn all those carbs. You're not going to uh, keep them with you. And so think about what, what, what is the, the eating and what is the fuel you're giving your body. Now, I want to make a distinction. You've got to make sure that your fat is animal fat, not vegetable fat. Vegetable oils and fats are not necessarily the greatest for you. Actually, they're bad. Uh, you can have an exception of olive oil, coconut oil, and avocado oil, which are saturated fats, and they're uh, known to be good for you. But other than that, you should not be eating any uh, uh, plant fat. Okay. 
And so, so did I answer your question? Yes. Yes. So thank yeah. you. So again, definitely got to do a part two. But um, mm -hmm. as we wrap up here, what who should not do keto or fasting? Are there any um, contraindications for certain types of people? Uh, not that I know of. Uh, I do believe both processes are very natural. Uh, the, when I use the most uh, uh, caution with my client is when they come to me with four, five, six different prescriptions. And it's not because fasting or keto are bad for them. It's because in order to eliminate all these prescriptions, we have to go slowly and easy and they have to count on their doctors to participate in that process. I'm not a doctor. All I can say is that many of my clients after a week, week and a half of doing this process, blood pressure medication is gone, gone. After two, three weeks, uh, thyroid medications are gone. Okay. Uh, insulin, uh, uh, any of the uh, diabetic medication in a month, they're gone. Of course, it has to be done correctly. It has to be step by step. And hopefully you have a doctor that agrees with it and can help you. Although some of my clients realize that nobody knows better than yourself about your own body. And they feel that they, they can take the medication slowly themselves and be fine. Uh, my recommendation is, number one, always read the secondary effects of anything you take so you understand how you feel when the medication is doing incorrectly to you. And obviously, always pay attention to uh, what your body's telling you and try to cooperate with a doctor. Otherwise, you're going to find a different doctor. Right, because there are some doctors that just believe differently. So you have to find somebody yeah, who, yeah. who is in sync and supportive of what lifestyle you want to lead. Luckily, it's getting so, much better out there. That is true. Most definitely. That is true for sure. I've actually had a couple of doctors reach out to me. So it's actually kind of refreshing Good. to know that we're, we're, we're eventually going to be switching gears with healthcare and being more proactive mm -hmm. about the approach to it instead of so yep. quick with a pen to prescription pad. So... Well, JJ, I thank you so much. I definitely am going to have you on again because there's a lot of other stuff that I want to cover. I know a lot of my clients will be asking questions about this based on my philosophies, and I feel like they can unite. I really do. Um, so how do our listeners – and did you want to follow up with a comment? It looked like you uh, I just want to say you gotta find what you got to find what works for you, okay? Or, or a mix. Uh, you can put you and I together and create something for your own that will work for you. The point is that you have to take control of your body and you have to take control of your relationship with food. If you don't improve your relationship with food, nothing is going to work and all your other relationships are going to fail. Because if you don't feel well because of the food you're eating, every other relationship gets affected. So I work 100%. basically on that. If, if, if I teach you everything I know, but your relationship with food does not improve, I'm wasting my time and you're wasting your money. Right. Absolutely. 
Well, thank you so much. I think that was a lot of really great information. I know I've definitely learned something. How do our listeners get into contact with you if they're interested in hiring you as their coach? Uh, very easy. Ketoandfastingcoach.com. Ketoandfastingcoach.com, just like it's spelled. Uh, you can see my Perfect. website, everything, all the information is there, all the prices are there. I highly recommend you read uh, some of the testimonials are there because they're very significant. And to me, that's that's my reward. That's my goal. When I hear people saying how their life has improved and how the life of the people around them have improved, that I, I get goosebumps. <laughs> It brings tears to my eyes. I, ha I get those messages too, and it's so rewarding. Yeah, That's why we yeah. do what we do. That's why we do what we Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And yeah. for my listeners, I will put all of JJ's contact info in the show notes. So if you didn't catch that or if you were driving as you're listening to us, um, you'll be able to access that information. So I'll make sure you can get a hold of him. So, JJ, thank you so much for your time and your valuable information and sharing all of your Anytime. passion and love for what you do. We really appreciate that. And as we close up, um, always hear your fitness chick to inspire, uplift, educate you to become your best self. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, it's Abby, your fitness chick. Thanks for checking out today's episode. With your continued support, I can keep creating inspiring episodes just like this one. So be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. To stay motivated all week long, be sure to follow me on all my social media platforms. The links for those can be found in the show notes. Check out my website by visiting www.yourfitnesschick.com. And I'd like to thank my production company, Caraggio Media, but most of all, you, my listeners, for helping to inspire me each and every day. I'll see you on the next episode.